0: Hey everybody and welcome back to the Retail Ready podcast hosted by myself, Ben Wyatt. We're on episode number 14 and on today's episode I am joined by Nick Sheridan who is the founder and creator of the 99th Monkey Nut Butter brand. Nick makes all his nut butters himself with his team in small handcrafted batches and they just taste amazing. His brand can be found in over 700 stores in Australia as well as calls Local and online. The peanut butter market has just blown up globally. Here alone in Australia, the peanut butter market has had to make room for cashew, almond, Brazil, macadamia. The list goes on with the new additions of nut butters within this segment. Nick has gone from a journalist to the creator of a nut butter brand, which is just making some incredible movements in Australia. Fantastic bloke, great story. And I hope you enjoy this episode too. As always, at the end of the show, please leave a review and some feedback on iTunes so we can keep climbing the charts. Enjoy episode number 14. Welcome to the Retail Ready Podcast, hosted by Ben Wyatt. Your destination for product development, food trends, and some serious knowledge bombs about the food industry. So thank you very much for joining us again on the Retail Ready Podcast. Today I've got a great host who has gone from the world of journalism to creating a nut butter brand called 99th Monkey. So thank you very much for joining us, Nick.
1: Thanks for having me, Ben.
0: Absolute pleasure. And uh, and I, f- I think the people who are listening are, are going to have a treat on their hands here listening to your story because uh, we've known each other for... F- a year year and a half now and uh, yeah. i just love well i love nut butters and i'm a big fan of your nut butters and uh, i think people are going to be a fan of your story so are you uh, you okay to introduce yourself and start the story off
1: sure yeah yeah absolutely so my name is nick sheridan owner of 99 monkey nut butters I'm based in melbourne australia um My background is actually in journalism, so really nothing to do with food uh, (laughs) whatsoever. (laughs) Um, I worked as a journo for uh, a while in print media and then also a bit in communications, so PR and stuff like that as well. Um, And I started... 99th monkey in well technically the end of 2012 but really things kicked off in 2013
0: i'm gonna i'm gonna have to start the questions and go where did 99th monkey come from how how can you call your brand what a cool (laughs) name
1: funnily enough the brand was initially called the nutty monkey company so, okay. from two thousand and thirteen till about uh, late two thousand and fourteen, we were we were the Nutty Monkey Company, um, and I guess for me, uh, I just thought uh, the association with a monkey was a fitting one for for, for, a, for a nut for a peanut butter brand. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I thought it would make it easy for people to um, to remember. I thought it was a bit of fun as well. Um, and then as I learned more about the market that I was trying to serve, uh, I realised that uh, the, the Nutty Monkey kind of persona wasn't really hitting the target. You know, people um, obviously are asking people to spend more than uh, more on our stuff than you would on the competition, on most of our competition. <laughs> Um, and needed a bit more of a sophisticated persona, I guess, but I didn't really didn't want to let go of the monkey persona. One of my things that I found when I looked at the, the market was every other brand was either the name of a, a family name or a person's name or the name of a place. Or it was just some generic combination of feel-good words like mm-hmm. you know draw goodness or something you know and I and, yeah. um, and I would I had a lot of people who would come up and go oh yeah you know I buy natural peanut butter from supermarkets it's this uh, brand and they'd never be able to name the brand never like even and then I knew all the brands and i I'd, I'd I'd be able to usually pinpoint mm-hmm. which <laughs> talking about but it was you know because it was just some name or something um yeah the one the one with I, the green lid yeah the, yeah, the one, yeah. The one, yeah. <laughs> so i really felt that um having the monkey uh was was important and and um because it really you know stuck in people's minds and and um the 99th monkey is uh related to a story you know, and I'd heard this story recounted in a movie years ago about um, the 100th monkey theory, where uh, if, you, you know, if you teach it, 99 monkeys a new trick and, and the specific, the original story was about a better finding a better way to eat. If 99 monkeys learn a better way to eat, it will stay with those 99 monkeys. But once the 100th monkey learns the better way to eat, then all of the monkeys in the world will know it through some mysterious, you know, active spontaneous kind of uh collective consciousness. Love it. Um, and I, I thought it was a cool I've always thought it was a cool story. Uh I've never attached too much too much importance to it. It's not, I'm not gonna say it's of some great spiritual significance to me or anything <laughs> like that. I think it's a nice I think it's a cool story. Uh I think it's got, you know, uh, some nice elements to it, and had the monkey um, in it still, and I thought it just had a bit of a cool sound, you know. And the, so originally, um, and and I thought it fitted well with what we were trying to do, you know. We, I was trying, and I still am trying, to build a brand that that's around simple eating, and and uh, from the very start, I've never um i've never set out to make health food i've set out to make really really delicious food but food that's also good for you um yeah. and or, or not terrible for you <laughs> it might be the other way of putting it you know the, yeah. the, it's amazing it's got all the right ingredients in it so it can't be that bad for you but we can still make it taste, uh, taste delicious. And, and, and for me, that's through simple ingredients, keeping things as simple as possible. Um, that's, that's, and, just, that's unreal. And how how did you go from being a journo to
0: starting start a nut butter company? Like, did you have a passion for nut butters before or was it just kind of going, I'm, I'm getting uh, into the food industry?
1: Yeah, no, it definitely started through the consumption of way too much peanut butter. <laughs> um, so that. Um goes back to I was, my wife and I lived in London from two thousand and nine through to two thousand and twelve, uh, and while I was there, I got really into running, uh, and I was running a lot. And then in two thousand and twelve, I um so in two thousand and twelve, I ran a marathon mm-hmm. in. Um, in Vienna uh, and in the lead up in the training for that I was obviously running a lot every week uh, I was trying to make sure I was eating good natural simple foods um, and which was a lot informed by the writings of the American journalist Michael Pollan who kind of talks about avoiding fads and just going for what we already know to be yeah, okay. a good food. And mm-hmm. um, and he, his whole thing is eat eat simple food, don't eat too much of it. Mostly plants, and and you'll be right. Like all the other all the other dietary advice out there uh, is a bit can be a bit complicated and a bit uh, mm-hmm. uh, so and a bit daunting. So I, I I really liked that. Um, and so one of the things so I'm running a lot. I'm always hungry. I love to eat anyway, um, and so I was always wanting to eat so Eat and um, peanut butter just became my thing. You know, okay. I, I just fell. I just was eating peanut butter all the time. I'd eat it. Um, you know, I'd have these rice cakes and I'd just have a, a little bit of peanut butter on these rice cakes mm-hmm. when I was hungry. Uh, and I liked. that I had a brand over there in the uk that had a few ingredients in it i was just buying it from the supermarket it was pretty it was a pretty simple one i think it had three ingredients and i thought i reckon you could just do it with two um, so i started <laughs> making my own uh oh, wow! i you know, bought some peanuts uh raw uh, as you can do in the uk you can't really do that here um i roasted them myself then mm. i uh just to you know Uh, wisdom up in the food processor added some salt turns out because of the food processor i needed to add some peanut oil as well um but had a bit of a play around with it and also at the same time i I made a chocolate peanut butter and so that was you know this simple approach to Mm. food making, and it was just the peanut butter with some cocoa um some Sugar, like, oh, you know, this was 2012 things. There weren't as many sweetened uh, alternatives even uh, even as recently as that. Um, yeah. Just thought, all right, so, you know, raw sugar, but only a tiny bit. That was the thing for me. It was like, don't put too much. And um, and I thought that tasted amazing. Then we moved back to um, Australia, and I really didn't want to keep working in uh, the media and in communications. Yeah. So. So I'm going to try and um, sell this chocolate peanut butter. And that was where it all started. Was with the yeah. chocolate. I thought that was the go I don't even make the chocolate peanut butter anymore. So clearly, <laughs> clearly the, the original vision was not. <laughs> it's not the stroke of genius that I thought it was at the time, but um, it's it's yeah, it's led me to where I am today. Unreal. Oh, and you
0: and you're still doing your farmers markets, cause yeah, I keep I keep seeing your stands popping up to the ones that I go to and you're in numerous stores, including Cole's Local now. So you, right. you you guys are just growing um at a good good rate of knots at the moment. And how's that all going?
1: Yeah, great. You know, like we so we we've had a great journey. Um I guess the market here in australia or you know the the timing's right for 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 brand doing what we're doing uh people it's what people want um which is great for us Uh, nut and butters are are really cranking just just as a as a um, category um and for a few years there, we had a really really smooth run um getting into yeah, I, I started just selling it in, in, in farmers markets and didn't really have a a great plan for what I was going to do. I just I just mm. made it, took it to farmers markets, see how it goes. Um, then it, through the farmers markets, a, a few local health food store owners saw it and asked and said, "Do you want to sell it through us?" It was like, "Oh, great!" Okay, now I have to go back and figure out actually whether I can make money off a wholesale pricing model because yeah. I, um, I hadn't considered that yet, um, figured that out, had to change my pricing a bit, um, sold it through a few stores. That was going okay and then so then I started trekking around and, and putting it in other stores. Uh, did it like that for about a year, got it into about 80 stores. Then, then that's got a bit big for me to manage on my own. So I uh, partnered up with some distributors and had probably about two years of really um, great uninterrupted growth through that. Um, Fantastic. And then about probably started last year, things started getting a bit more competitive in the space. I think a lot of other brands have seen that um, the opportunity that's in Nut Butter. So, so growth has been more, got to work harder for it at the yeah. moment, um, which is fine. That's what, uh, you know, um, that's what it's all about. So it's it's been interesting. And we've also, you know, we're in about 700 independent health food stores now around Australia, which has been fantastic. And that segment has really uh, embraced us and, and, and enabled our growth to this point. But now we've got to look for the next step. Um yeah. and so that's where you know the, the relationship with Coles Local has come in and, and, and kind of uh, signaled what I hope is the you know the, the next chapter for us.
0: Like looking at your peanut butter and I've tasted your peanut butter and the people listening, if you if you find Nick's ninety-ninth monkey peanut butter or even cashew butter, almond butter and the likes. It's a real homemade kind of peanut butter, isn't it? Like you, you, you take care in it. You're small batches. Like it's, it's made with care, and I think that comes through in the taste. Mm. And I, I hope that yeah, there's a there's a market for the the largest scale for your peanut butter. And the mm. the insights that the insights that I'm seeing, and especially from from the Expo West that I went to this year, like things are changing consumers are wanting kind of more artisan handcrafted kind of products mm-hmm. and do you, do you do you feel that too and do you feel that you, you you're going to stick by your kind of manufacturing ways and making making your product still with kind of small batch and with love
1: yeah absolutely you know like peanut butter is not a complicated product to make um so it really comes down to the little things that we do to make our peanut butter uh, stand out from the others. And, and um, one of those things, which started just uh, purely by necessity because, because of our size and, and, and our limited kind of uh, resources, that will, uh, the nut that we use uh, has a specific style. It, it, it generates a specific style. Texture, and we literally we fill each jar directly from the nut mill. and yeah. and that um, means that it doesn't go through a a large processing uh, uh, process. Apologies <laughs> for the two, uh, but which means it doesn't have to be heated in that process. Yeah. It means that um, it's yeah, it's as fresh as you can get, basically, uh, and what. It gives ours a much uh, thicker texture, a lot less. the The process of oil separation is a lot slower with ours because it, we haven't exposed it to that heat, which speeds mm-hmm. up oil separation. Um, so those are things that I th- I think are real strengths of our product, and those are things that I really want to um, want to hold on to for our That's product. Cool. Obviously, as we scale, we, that's going to pose a technical challenge to us, uh, but it's a technical challenge that I've already put a lot of thought into mm. and I really want to to come up with an answer uh, to that so we can continue, so we can produce small batch peanut butter on a very large scale. Um so you know that that that's going to be a challenge, but i I think it's important for us um to do that because people people notice it you know and and, yeah. and when people try our peanut butter, they come back and they tell us that you know, ah, oh, it's about the texture, obviously it's about the flavor as well. that's a big important thing. Um, but you know the, these things that set us apart uh, are very important it's It's not just about a brand and a label it's about the care that's put into to making it
0: yeah absolutely love it and you've only just gone through a rebranding as well and has that been taken in a positive light as yeah well? has, it, has that yeah. worked
1: yeah i think um it's been really well received um you know it's funny when we started once again going back to the the what I was seeking to do with the giving it the name, the known monkey name, mm. and set it apart a little bit from the competition. One of the other things I noticed uh, was all the jars were the same, um, and I really didn't feel like anyone had put. Yeah, I don't want to rubbish other people's labels, so that, that's not what I'm trying to say. But I felt like the emphasis on the the. The vibe that people were trying to put across on their labels uh, was—it wasn't about an aesthetic, um, yeah, okay, yeah, style. And I, I thought we can do something a bit slick here. Um, we can make it look a bit, a bit stylish, um, and make it a, a, a piece of your pantry that you'd, be, you'd happily leave out on, on, the, on the bench when people are coming around, you know. Yeah. Um, and so we picked a, I picked a, uh, a specific type of jar that no one else was using that's got a very distinct look to it. And um, we went for a very, very minimalist uh, design on the label. Yeah. Um, and that was really cool. For a few years that worked really well. And then um, about the beginning of last year, you know, I'm always going out looking at... Um, Looking at the competition, and I started. I noticed a couple of new brands had come up, and one of them in particular, I liked their label better than I liked my own, and that was <laughs> the first time, and that made me just go, "Hang on, we got to do something about this." <laughs> it's like my, my label has to be the hottest label on the on the shelf, um, and and I thought this other brand, they they had to beat at that moment, um, yeah. so it was. All right it's time let let's do it uh, i work with a really cool designer uh, and he was he was ready he 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 had ideas and and that was great so um yeah. it was cool one of the big things that we did do so we took all the claims off the label and we yeah. just put the ingredients on the front and that was a bit of a risk because obviously in our space claims drive sales and and, and that yeah. claims attention so gluten free palm oil free uh vegan etc all of which we are um and all of which are are key selling points for our product um but i just thought you know what i really want to strip it back um and i thought if we've just put the front of our label is just the name of the product and the ingredients then people can see that it is all of those things already uh hopefully um And and so we've done that. I, I think we're the only ones in the market with that approach right now. Um, and yeah, you know, something I'm really proud of, and and people notice it because uh, you know it does stand out.
0: Definitely, and and I know it's and I think it's a it's a huge, huge positive and a step forward. And uh, it's nice to know that you admitted that your brand was falling behind in the times like there's so many brands out there that just stick with what they've been used to and they just love their brand so much because they're so encapsulated in their Mm -hmm. kind of baby and project and i think that's a great great asset to learn that yeah even if it is your own brand it's sometimes you need to yeah step back and look going right is this is this still the market that we want to play in and does it still look fresh and represent yeah. what we want so i think that's a it's a great step to uh, grow your business and i uh i think your design is very much similar to where the coffee world is going in there um yeah. like every, everyone's competing for beautiful single origin great yep. flavors and there's a there's a there's a great branding calls local that you've probably seen the dc coffee who have who have really yep. just changed the game in uh how coffee looks on pack and it's just broken away from the norm and i yep. think it's brave but also i think it's uh yeah it's it sets the category on fire which is great
1: yeah that's right you know people are, you're asking people to make a, a yeah, I'm I'm very conscious that I'm asking people to spend more on our products than they than they would on the competition generally. Mm. Like, you know, we, we, we sit on a shelf where they can easily go for, for a cheaper option. And um and you know, I'm I'm a very discerning shopper myself and and I will make decisions based yeah on numerous factors, but price is, and price is one of them. And so you've gotta if you wanna if you want people to, to, to put that aside, you've got to give them every reason, every reason why yeah. should feel good about that purchase. And, you know, it's, it's about the product uh, in the end, I believe. Uh, the product is what, what will make people come back. But that initial decision, all these other things are, are factors. And, and I think, uh, you know, a, a, a really good-looking product that, uh speaks to the person aesthetically uh is going to help
0: fantastic and uh probably about to finish up on my last question is mm-hmm. going from a journo to running a, a global nut butter business uh, a glo- uh, well hopefully global uh, <laughs> and, and yeah. a national a national uh, nut butter business what has been your biggest let's go Hurdle and learning along the way, would you say?
1: Uh, well I'm learning new things every day, and, and I'm making mistakes <laughs> every week yeah. and learning from them. Uh, biggest, I think, I think, I think if I can if I can kind of take that and reframe it and go, what would I have told myself at the start? Um, you take it any
0: way you want. This is your yeah, podcast.
1: I, I think um, you got to start with uh, a big vision and, and be willing to just get behind it and push it all the way and, and, and back yourself all the way. Uh, I think that's um, been the key. In the end, it's the reason we're still here uh, is because I were, I've, even when things have felt like... Um, I wasn't sure where we were going next. I've just mm. backed, backed it in, um, and although I do wish, probably at the start, that I had a clearer uh, vision and a bit more faith in myself and my idea to 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 re- set myself in this direction, um, rather than taking six years to get here, maybe I could have got here a, a bit earlier personally
0: Nick, I am glad that you have persisted and I think you have got a fantastic brand and I hope you continue to enjoy the journey and make many more different varieties of nut butters. If you are listening and you want to try Nick's nut butters then head on over to www.99thmonkey.com.au or go to a local health and independent store or shop at Coles local and That's been Nick Sheridan on the Retail Ready podcast. I hope you guys have enjoyed that episode and we will be back next week for episode 15. And as always, please head on over to iTunes if you're listening via iTunes and give some feedback or a rating so that we can keep climbing the charts. Have a great week, everybody. Thank you for listening.